coming to you live from the Sunny Shores Villas in St. Petersburg, Florida. It's the 10 Point Podcast. My name is Bruce, and every 10 or 11,000 years, I make a horrible mistake. <laughs> Joining me in the pool on this week's podcast, first, watch out, that dolphin looks pretty horny. It's Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and secondly, yeah. he'll make your old ball sack shrivel up. It's <laughs> Andy. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yes, uh, some some choice lines taken out of the film there. We're the Ten Point Podcast. You can find us anywhere you get podcasts, and you can find us on YouTube. We are Ten Point Podcast over there as well. That's all letters, no numbers. So the word Ten Point Podcast. Uh, give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us everything you've got in order to get people money. to see us more it's and sold. give us money. You can get in touch with us on social media, Facebook and on Twitter, 10 Point Podcast over there as well. Send us a message, send us a review, send us a selection, send us a hello, send us a funny gif, anything like that, uh, anything to get us interested. Uh, either way, anyway, you can join our cult at 10pointpodcast.com. We have the actual proper words on our website. Nothing fancy. It's, we are the 10 Point Podcast, 10 Yeah, we pay for website. shit, unlike all these other rejected podcasts. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But there's no, we're not on Blogspot or anything like this. We have our actual own podcast. Go over there and you can you can join the cult and donate over there if you wish. All donations are accepted. Um, and we may review a film on the podcast if you donate and give us a selection. Uh, we do have a lot to get through, as you may have noticed, the wheel on the last episode. Uh, so, speaking of what to get through, we have to get through what we've watched in the last week before we get on to the first point. So, what has everybody watched in the last week? Normally, I, I, I do a little pre-interview and find out if someone's seen something brand new, but I've not done that this week. Uh, and I myself have not seen anything brand new. So, has anybody else seen anything brand new? I've seen brand new stuff for me. There you go. Have you seen anything brand new, brand new for everybody, Andy? I right. Red Notice. Ryan can I guess what you've seen that that was going to be Red Notice? Tell us about Red Notice, Andy. <laughs> what film? I might be a bit biased here, but it's near perfect. Is it as good as whatever they are? Because a lot of people, there's been a lot of mixed reviews, I've heard. Well, if you like Ocean's Eleven and don't like Ryan Reynolds, this is not the film for you. <laughs> but if, you, if you're like Ocean's Eleven, eh, it's all right. And you love Ryan Reynolds, this is the best film ever. Uh, my... When I saw that film existed, I thought, right, Andy will definitely watch that in the next week. So that'll be the next week. I'm trying to think, will he say that's his movie of the year or his movie of all time? I couldn't work out which one it was going to be. Yeah. So is, is it your movie of the year or is Free Guy still better than Red Notice? I don't, I don't know. I mean, this is this does have the rock and Gal Gadot in it, so it's like pretty good. Uh, my only, like, like I'm not going to spoil it for anybody because you just have to watch it. It's one of these films where it isn't the film you think it is at yeah. all. I've heard you just have to watch it. Um, however, what really kind of lets this down is you can tell it's a pandemic film where there is some amazing set pieces with some shady ass CGI because right. they're not actually in that location oh, and stuff right. like that, okay. uh, which really lets it down. But the rest of the film's brilliant. It's it's up there. It's in probably top top three films this year, I reckon. There you go. So yeah, two I would really like to see a film that's like made with the pandemic films, like a big action film like that, but like, get back, no, stay away from me, and put a mask on yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, oh, it'll come, they'll definitely yeah, there's be. Like the, there's not a vibe, you, just, you could just tell with some yeah. shady CGI. And then other, yeah. other than that, I'm, I'm starting uh, the Tiger King Marathon. Oh, He's I forgot back. about that. I forgot that Ooh, was back. Is back. Yeah, I'd totally forgotten about it. Yeah. I knew like two days ago it was coming and I'd completely forgotten. Yeah. So. You should have already started. Oh, one episode. Straight in. 
Right. Oof. That might be what I do that after Carl that takes me back that was the beginning of the podcast wasn't it that the that Tiger yeah. King was, was the thing back in that day yeah oh I, I mean, I'll need to get on that this week the obsession we all had playing like games over the I think we just every drawn Tiger King were <laughs> I, I think of the uh, the big fat quiz of the year I'm sure there was a lot of uh, Carol uh, Baskin doing exotic <laughs> stuff on there so uh, anyway what well, in the last week what I have watched since I think Andy's that, that, that's that's you covered your your thing that's the only one film you anybody needs to watch this week there you go, that's the only thing. I've been the opposite of brand new. I've been firmly in the 80s, what I've been watching in the last week. I watched Ghostbusters 1 and 2, because there's a new one is coming out now, I would imagine. As, as you can watch this podcast, you can see the, see the film, Ghostbusters Afterlife. I am very apprehensive of it being any good, because the most recent Ghostbusters attempt was terrible. And Ghostbusters 2 is itself actually pretty iffy when you watch it, Ghostbusters 2. It has nostalgia going for it, as in I think it was the first Ghostbusters I ever saw. So therefore, oh, Vigo and all this sort of stuff. Uh, it's the, got the, the bit... best soundtrack in any film ever. <laughs> it, has, it has a good soundtrack, which is like three songs, but yes, it has a good soundtrack. Um, it's actually a yeah, walking best scene ever. I have major issues with things like that. And, <laughs> and, uh, at that point, I began to question, like, I don't really know if it actually stands up when you look at it properly. The first film is perfect. Yes. I mean, you, can't, you can't fault the first film at all. second one has problems, and I can kind of see what they were going for, but either way, it, it is, it, it's, it's in, ingrained in my being how good Ghostbusters are, but I gave them both a watch. first one is perfect, second one iffy. And then, I actually properly sat down and watched Blade Runner, which I don't think I've ever done in my life. I actually, properly sat and watched it. I could it's only one. get this, I could only get a theatrical cut, so therefore I have right. I have uh, Harrison Ford talking me through his thoughts in uh, <laughs> uh, about thirty three percent of the film, and then there's a massive bit where he doesn't do any of that anymore, um, which kind of helps me. But I think I, I quite liked it. Uh, I know this is meant to be the maligned and oh, it's not what Ridley Scott wanted and the other ones are better, but uh, I, I quite like it. I think it's very good. I can if, I see what it's going for. But uh, if you watch the director's cut, it's fucking it's nuts. It's nuts. They, yeah. cha- they change everything. The uh, director's cut is meant to be. I think it goes theatrical directors, but then the final cut is meant to be the best one. Yeah, and allegedly, the other cuts flat out tell you he is himself a replicant. Whereas the theatrical one hints at it, it seems uh, to be. I've heard of it. I've never actually watched the whole thing. Um, hey, I mean, but yeah. You need to watch the new one now. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, uh, I wanted to watch this new one, so therefore I'm, I'm ready to go. It's been about 30 years since the new one came out, so it's about time I, I saw it, I think. But that was it. Yeah, 80s stuff was what I've done in the last week. Again, I put off going to see Eternals again, but I will endeavour to see it and Ghostbusters in the next week. I just, I'm not motivated to see Eternals, but uh, at some point it'll grab me and I'll be like, kind of sort of did it so i'm like oh, i want some marvel stuff again uh, but that's me chris what have you watched in the last week uh brace yourself because i have watched eight films this week that's including Cocoon. oh that's what we like to hear, that is so, uh, like to hear. i thought i'd make up for my lack of effort last week so i started with the valerian and the city of a thousand planets because it was on amazon i think and Nicola, I'd never what, seen what it. a film by the way that's that's a banger well I, it <laughs> is apart from that stupid love story that runs through the middle of it Aye. it's not needed but Everything else, it's what the fifth film is like. Should have been just like scaled up to ten. But the problem I have with that film is it sets up everything and explains nothing, and they don't do another one. <laughs> yeah. Like the bastards. Um, then I watched uh, the recently available on Disney Plus uh, Jungle Cruise, then Cruella. The latter was utter crap. It's pretty much the Devil Wears Prada, but Disney's very. Right, okay. but Jungle Cruise Jungle Cruise awesome. The Rock fucking hell is it, is it worth my time because it's got a lot of elements oh Jungle Cruise is 100% right, okay. oh yeah I'll give it a, if I'll you, give if it you a, like the mummy film 
Oh, it's, well, it's, I think, I think it's I that with The Rock. Do you know what oh, is the best bit of the whole awesome. film? Is The Rock's puns. He's just hardly <laughs> yes. sailing through. And one day he tells a joke about his girlfriend with a lazy eye. Couldn't see eye to eye. I'm sure she was seeing somebody on the side. Ah, it's fucking hilarious. He's a jokester. It's so good. And and for no reason other than that it was just on TV, and I couldn't be bothered changing the channel, I watched Twins. Ah, right. I haven't seen it for years, and what a banger. And I'll tell you what, Kayla Preston was not expecting to see that sort of... God. Like, lack of clothes (laughs) at three o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) Oh, was it on TV? It was, it was like really early. God. Um, um, yeah, um, tw- again, twins I might not have ever seen start to finish before. I don't think I've, I've seen, like, I know it and I've definitely watched some, but I don't know if I've ever sat and watched the whole hour and a half, two hours in one go. I kind of sat there because I thought, I'm sure like, there's supposed to be a sequel coming to it. There is, yeah. But, um, The Rock and Kevin Hart. <laughs> I can you imagine? Actually, um, it works for a change, to be honest. It's yeah. pretty much the exact same thing. Yeah. Like, he gets all the muscles and he's just the, the vegan. Uh, the kids, for some reason, wanted to watch Spider-Man, so uh, we gave them an education in the original Spider-Man that is Tobey Maguire. That wow. holds up. It's what a movie. Uh, yeah. A couple yeah. of little bits. The second like, one's uh, good, I think. Hmm? The second one's really good. The first yes. two Spider-Men are actually pretty good. I get, there's I not a lot of swearing in the original ones, because nowadays there's swearing in bloody every, all the Marvel films now. <laughs> bloody everything. <Yeah. laughs> bloody but, everything. <laughs> but yeah, we were the original Spider-Man series. Um, then when they went to bed, me and Nicole decided to watch um, the Shang Chi. Ah, yeah, that is amazing, by the way. Yeah, that's good. It's yeah. like you could take the whole Marvel thing out of that. It's just like Crouching Tiger, again dialed right up. It's awesome. Like taking LSD and watching a film. Yeah, I'm still like, not I'd... sure if the final act was particularly necessary. <coughs> I feel like that the tone of the film was fine, and then it went, oh yeah. Dragons, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, but it, well, it worked fine. But yeah, I feel like it was, yeah. I think me and Andy both gave it a big thumbs up when it was yeah. came out and all that. But yeah, the actual, the kind of, I don't know, the martial arts film that is the first three quarters of it. Is really before, good, yeah, yeah, before he gets to that last bit, it's really, really good. Yeah, and then it gets kind of a little bit weird. Mm. And I'm gonna say thumbs down for this next one, by the way, because it is 100% utter garbage. Um, worst film I think I've ever seen in my life. Home Sweet Home Alone. Oh, God, God oh, glad. I'm I haven't even watched that yet. It's on my list. Uh, the kids wanted to watch it because they like Home Alone films, and I'm trying not to swear, but it is ridiculously bad. I've never wanted the bad guys, the bad guys, <laughs> to. I've never rooted for them in one of the Home Alone films before. I have now. I, <laughs> I want a little kid to get what's coming to them. <laughs> yeah. But doesn't I have Bruce's favourite person in it? Ashley Bing or whatever she's called. Ashley B. Oh yeah, she's in it with her playing English British accent. Yeah, yeah, playing English. But it's just going to be an Irish. Like if it's going to be English, it's just going to be an Irish. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what again, is Robert? Is it Robert Delaney that's in it? Rob Delaney. Oh He's yeah, really Robert good. Delaney. Like yeah. him and I can't remember what she's called. She something Schmidt or whatever it is. Mm. You've lost me with that one. She, that's not her name. She's like got red hair. Whatever it is, but yeah, they're they're really good. They're nice people. I like them, but the film <laughs> shit. Is oh, it one damn. of those films that's so bad that the kids don't even like it? Is it like oh, that? No, no, yeah. uh, Apart from like the obviously the booby trap bits, it's got some humour to it, but the rest of the film. You never worry about that. You keep showing your kids the shit, and that you actually get fucked up by your kids. <laughs> I've already been like pushed down the stairs twice by them in two days, so. 
<laughs> oh, then I'll tell you that story. No, that's, nope. that's a fresh one. I'll tell you later then. It's, it's a belter. <laughs> right, but not for podcast subscribers. Right, we better crack on. We've, we've, we've chatted too much about <laughs> about not the film, which might tell you something, but we'll get into this. Uh, point one. What is the point of the podcast this week? It's meant to be, and it is the 1985 comedy sci-fi drama Cocoon. Brought to us by 20th Century Fox. We've done a lot. Gone Girl, Alien, Office Space, Me, Myself and Irene, and Kung Pao, Enter the Fist, all done by them. The SLM Production Group, who's never done anything, and Zanuck Brown Productions, who did Jaws earlier this season. So we've done them. So a wee bit of history with them. Based on the novel of the same name by David Saperstein, who wrote a couple other things, but nothing too massive. Screenplay was written by Tom Benedict. Uh, so it's his first major screenplay by Country Mile. After this, he made The Adventures of Pinocchio and something called Zeus and Roxanne that I think also had uh, Steve Gutenberg in it. But again, they are the heights. So i.e. Cocoon is the height of everything he wrote. Uh, directed by, and I've only done directing credits here because this man is a man of Hollywood, Ron Howard, uh, actor and director. But his directing credits, this was his first major directing thing, Cocoon. And he followed up with Willow, Parenthood, Backdraft, Apollo 13, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, A Beautiful Mind, Cinderella Man, all the Da Vinci Code type ones with your uh, Robert Langdon, I think you call him, Frost Nixon, Rush, and most recently, uh, Solo, A Star Wars Story was the last major motion picture that he directed that I that could was find. Ron Howard. That was Ron Howard, yeah, exactly. So uh, that's your Ron Howard's, uh, and yes, he essentially started with this film here. The film stars... Which is already a strange sentence because there's really, there's really like two films again grown at once and three different kind of groups of actors all kind of. So I've I've kind of picked one from each. So as Art uh, in the the pensioners team, we have Don Amici played Art. Uh, he was the kind of the the taller skinnier of our two main uh, pensioners, famous for Heaven Can Wait and then being one of the two kind of evil guys in Trading Places, that's mainly where I know him from. He then was in Cocoon, and followed it up with Harry and the Hendersons and Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Now, okay. I'll be honest, he started acting in like the 1940s or something like that, so there's probably a lot of big things from way back when <laughs> he's actually made this for. Um, <laughs> but, uh, they were the ones that I kind of recognised, and also the internet told me that he was famous for. As Walter, who was kind of boss alien in Cocoon, Brian Dennehy. From 10, uh, he made his breakout role in First Blood, i.e. the first Rambo film. He was in Gorky Park and then Cocoon. After that, Silverado, Presumed Innocent, Tommy Boy and Ratatouille. He was the voice of one of the... Uh, I recognise his face from a film. He kind of looks like Walter did in the film, but he's a bad guy. He's like menacing. I think he's very much always the baddie, I think, yeah. He's he's the guy against Ramble in the first Ramble film. He's like the racist policeman, or whatever you want to call it, that tries to run him out of town. But yeah, he's, he's a big a big bad guy in these things. And my third star, as Jack Boner on the boat, <laughs> Steve, Steve Gutenberg, yeah. uh, who took a, one of these actors took a major pay cut because he wanted to work with Ron Howard on this film because he'd already been in the first Police Academy film by this point. So, uh, uh, police, so he was in Diner before that, which was a big role for him. Then the Police Academy first four of the series, I believe. Then Cocoon, and then Short Circuit, and then Three Men and a Baby, and then later A Lady, and that's kind of where Steve Gutenberg's career ended, essentially, from that time. He he made all his big films in the space of about six years, and then that, that was it for him. Yeah, a lot of TV roles since then, though, and a lot of being Steve Gutenberg. They are our main stars. On a budget of $17.5 million, the film opened for $8 million in US. Its final US gross was $76 million, 
worldwide it made 85 million dollars which is a good six times its budget not too bad released 21st of june 1985 about a month after i was born for the record uh, the awards season 1986 it would then qualify for being a summer movie 85 at the 1986 oscars it received two nominations they were for best supporting actor don amici and he won uh, and his other oh, 40 not 40 60 70 year winning plus, film for once yeah 70 year plus career this was the only time he was ever nominated for anything at the oscars uh, it was for best supporting actor in cocoon and he won uh, and the other nomination was for Best Visual Effects, and it was also the winner. So this film won every Oscar it was nominated for in 1986. That's a first. Yeah, <laughs> a very much a podcast first. Yeah. Mark in the books. <laughs> Cocoon. Uh, 1986 Golden Globes, one nomination there. And I picked this one out because it was for Best Comedy or Musical, actually was nominated for one of the major awards. But it lost to a film called Prizzy's Honor, which I'd never heard of. Jack That's Nicholson and Kathleen Turner. Or musical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this would be the comedy rather than the musical, yeah. It lost to Prizzy's Honor. A Jack Nicholson, Kathleen Turner, where they play two assassins who fall in love, apparently was a better comedy or musical that year. Again, yeah, I, I believe it was a comedy. Uh, exactly. That's when I read it. I thought this is just Miss Lucy Smith. Yeah, but I know what you're all asking. How the cocoon do at the 1986 Saturn Awards? That's what we're all asking. <clears throat> Seven nominations at the Saturn oh. Awards. So that year. <laughs> Our favourite awards. The only awards other than the pointies that we really acknowledge on the board. If this wins anything more than three, then this is the most lucrative film I think we've ever done. <laughs> right. Okay. So first nomination: Best Writing. Uh, did not win. It lost to Fright Night, uh, which. Aye. With the original version of that, I guess. This is written by Tom Holland, which also, I'm assuming, is a different <laughs> <laughs> Back in 1985. Yeah, I don't think it'd be born yet. the multiverse again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Cocoon, also nominated for Best Music, but it lost to Young Sherlock Holmes. I, again, I think that was a film. It must have been big at the time. Nominated for Best Actor. This is a weird one. Nominated Best Actor was for Hume Cronin. I think that's how you say his name. He played Joe. So he was oh, the, the wee boxer guy. Yeah, the wee the wee fighter who was who was dying of cancer and then wasn't and then wasn't and wasn't. Uh, he she shockingly didn't win Best Actor at the Saturn Awards. He lost to a, a gentleman called Michael J. Fox for the film Back to the Future, which I think, yeah, okay, robbed. Yeah, fair oh, enough. Robbed he was. Nominated for Best Actress at the Saturn Awards, Jessica Tandy. Uh, she was Joe's wife. Uh, I don't know how she got plugged. as all she was the, the lead actress in this film. Uh, she also didn't win. She lost to Coral Brown for the film Dream Child, which again, I don't recognise, but it's, it was kind of around a lot of the awards that year. Best Supporting Actress as well, who was Gwen Verdon. That was Bess, who was, uh, I'm sure you don't know who Bess was. Bess was Art's lady friend, like a dancer woman. Uh, she got nominated for Best Supporting Actress. She also didn't win. She lost to Anne... this film before they started nominating people. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> she lost to Anne Ramsey, who we've covered on the podcast before. And she won Best Supporting Actress at Saturn Awards for a film we've covered on the podcast before. She was Mama Fratelli in The Goonies. That's what she won this afternoon for Best Supporting Actress. Uh, uh, two to go nominations. Best Science Fiction Film, Cocoon. It did not win. Uh, shockingly, Back to the Future won that one. Uh, it was obviously the best science fiction film of the year. Uh, but the best director, Ron Howard, he indeed did win. So it was not Yay. shut out with its seven nominations. It won Best Director at the Saturn Awards of 1986. How uh, did Robert Zemeckis win it for Back to the Future? <laughs> I don't know. They must have thought the direction was better than this. But yeah. Really, a science fiction award ceremony, which it essentially is fantasy, science fiction, horror, 
really, Back to the Future should win everything it's available to, to win, when you think about it. Uh, two other awards that it won were basically Ron Howard winning at things for being a good director. Uh, but yeah, successful film in terms of awards was Cocoon. Synopsis here, written by Sammy, a new contributor. I don't have one of our usual ones. Sammy has written the follows. <coughs> the following. A group of aliens return to Earth to retrieve cocoons containing the people they'd left behind from an earlier trip. These cocoons had been resting at the bottom of the ocean. Once retrieved, they stored these recovered cocoons in the swimming pool of a house they'd rented in a small Florida town. Their mission is hampered by a number of elderly people from a nearby retirement community who had been secretly using the pool and who discover unusual powers from within these cocoons. And that's the best synopsis I could get. Uh, who picked it? The wheel did. Do we know who placed it on the wheel? No idea. It was Chantel. It was oh. Chantel. Right, okay. Yes. That's one of Chrissy's mystery list. Uh, do we know why Chantel recommended we watch this? Apparently she loves this film. Like, she absolutely, like, absolutely proper. Like, when we put this on, she's like, laptop down, phone down, straight in, watching this film. Absolutely cool. loves it. Ah, there we go. Uh, I had never seen it before. Anybody else? Yeah, I have, like, flashes of Steve Gutenberg, a boat, and glowing, but that's it. I don't remember anything else. I don't remember old people. I don't remember people. I remember this being a Jaws ripoff, is what I remember. (laughs) (laughs) With dolphins. I thought I was going to go with that there. Something you'd, you'd sparked something in my mind that I've forgotten what it was. I, it feels like it was a film that was like made for old people, like it was like yeah. inspiring for the older generation. Uh, what channel would we have seen this on? Uh, I reckon it's an ITV movie, but I don't know if one of you guys got a better insight. It feels oh, like yeah. I feel like at four o'clock on a, like a Sunday or a Saturday yeah. on ITV, sort of thing you would see. Uh, so yeah, so Andy, you've definitely seen it before. Did you remember yeah. it vividly, or was it like you no, had no idea? Right, like this is one of these films that normally I remember shit. I had no, like, literally, I remember swimming pool, cocoons, and I remember Steve Gutenberg being the main person in this film, which I was wrong about. <laughs> Definitely is not, yeah. <laughs> Strangely, yeah. Uh, anyway, on a point two, the high points, what we thought the best bits and things of the film were. Um, I don't know how to do it here. Normally the picker goes first, but we don't have one. Uh, I have nothing particularly early. Does anyone have anything? Dolphins. Particular? Dolphins. Okay, on you go, Andy. With I love dolphins. Dirty <laughs> <laughs> little bastards. <laughs> yes, apparently. I, um, I thought there was, they were going to be like important to the story. They just swam about. I think it was like just... the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy type thing. Okay. So I was ask, are are they, like, were they just whatever. getting in the way, or were they actually helping? I could tell. <laughs> I don't know. They seemed like both Bellends and good guys. <laughs> like, but yeah, just any scene there was a dolphin. I was like, all oh, right, something fun's going to happen. And technically, it was always you seen a dolphin, something fun actually did happen. Yeah, yeah. Or some drama happened. It felt like that the machine that was never explained what was happening. Yeah. It felt like I was talking to the dolphin. The dolphin was like yeah. relaying messages. And then you just but, had a full on conversation with Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Definitely shouting abuse. Like, oh, hands off that. Like, <laughs> don't touch that. So again, I, I felt like I was supposed to think the aliens, the dolphins were aliens or they're like a higher intelligent being. Is that why they're. I reckon there's going to be a lot of questions in this film, like all the way through, of <laughs> what the fuck. For the record, there is a second cocoon. There is Cocoon the Return, yes. something like that. And it seems like Which I have ma- never seen. The majority of the main people are in it, so it's not one of these cheap knockoff straight to DVD things. It's an actual remake of an Oscar winning yeah. film. So, uh, remake, an actual follow up, I should say. So, yeah, they're, I they're, have, they're, have to actually, watch it now. So. Yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. Um, but yeah, dolphins. Uh, my first high point. I've no idea where it comes in the chronology of the film, but the, just the first eye test scene just amused me. I don't know why. <laughs> just the, the, 
that old uh, Wolford Grimley had with his shouting out his answers for the eye test scene. I felt like it was the first time I was actually kind of having a bit of a laugh at the film. I think it was reasonably early on, but uh, I, I enjoyed the first one. And then, of course, the follow-up's quite funny when he reads the entire bottom line. It's just like, boof, down, I'm off. Like, uh, <laughs> the, the right, before Chris piece. brings it down, I'm going to bring it down even more, okay? As a high <laughs> point, right? Because Chris loves Steve Gutenberg character's name so much. <laughs> the first scene you see him in, Oh my god, it's huge! Steve Gutenberg is well hung. <laughs> you know what? I didn't even know that was his name until like I looked at IMDb because you don't hear his surname mentioned once. It's just nope. Jack. It's Jack. No, yeah. but it's in his it's in his pants. You can see it. When he gets off <laughs> of that boat and he's got them little short shorts, it's almost peeking out the bottom. Do you know what? Since like, you mentioned it, um, the scene. <laughs> Uh, this is coming after like my first high point. Uh, well, I'll just say it now. It's when the first time they swim with the cocoons and they're doing yeah. somersaults and backflips yeah. and bombs and all that. I, like, okay. I really hope I'm that agile at that age. <laughs> but then as I walk <laughs> along going, oh, I've got a boner. I'm like, oh, is that just you? I thought that was me. And they just walk along singing about the boners. <laughs> it seemed to be like, I don't know, pretty, I don't know, enjoying the fact that they, that they, they are all like that. As I feel like the three of us, if something happened where we, we all became aroused at the same time, we'd be like, oh, me too. Oh, that's, yeah. it's, it's, that's brilliant. Like, I think it'd be kind of awkward. I, I know, I'd actually start looking at my boner in your pair. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if we've not had boners in years, we'd be like, oh, look at this, it's finally came back. That's a fair point. Yeah, that might be the difference. But yeah, when they first get energised, the, yeah, the, yeah. the change in it, even the when they're going to swimming, you get, you get a couple of days where they're just kind of just kind of trumping around like they are like old people, and then immediately they're walking different. And then uh, is it Ben? I don't know, Wilfred Grimley, I was calling that the the the, yeah. the short guy with the tash. The way he just walks around swinging his little pool bag and all that is he's so energized. It, it's it's uh, it's funny. It's enjoyable. Who does it? Uh, any any other high points? I've got a couple more. Um, yeah. Um, when Jack already. finds out that they're aliens. And yeah. you get like a little uh, brief history lesson as to why they're there. And... Leading into that, I've got Kitty takes her clothes off is my next high point. Uh, but including well, her. It's, like, it's, it's technically a low point as well. High point. <laughs> I'll explain later on why I would not put that as a high point. Right, okay. But uh, yes, I, I enjoyed that scene. I thought it was good. Because uh, yeah. like, obviously, yeah, I, I feel like it kind of missed a trick at the beginning of the film, flat out showing us that there were aliens. I think if they just started... Steve Gutenberg, yeah. struggling with his ship and all that. We'd like to rent for 27 days and him being all, oh, and then the people dipping in the pool and all of a sudden they've took these weird things out and gone in the pool and then it's suspicious and then we have to find out and then that would be the reveal. They're yeah. aliens. At the beginning, they thought it was going to go, oh, there's something coming down from space here. It kind of gives away that they are aliens. So the, the tease would have been better, I think. That's a low point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Was, the high point was, however, the first time you get to see the aliens. Then I would say. Right. Like, uh, the first oh, the high point is wrinkly old aliens and cocoons. Like, that <laughs> animatronic was awesome. It was. It was really good. Yeah. Uh yeah. That's it's kind of like a two-part high point. It's going to make me sound like really cold and callous, but uh, just hear me out. It's when people died. I found that as a high point, like the alien dying and the lady with dementia, because. They're the only two times I actually cared about what I was watching. Mm. I was like, kind of like, I think, I don't can't remember what film was, but you said you got your phone out quite early and you're playing about with it. I did that. And then I seen that, I kind of put the phone down and I sat there for like five minutes intently watching. And then it went away. I was like, oh, fuck this. And carried on back on my phone again. 
But they, like the only two times right. I really like cared what I was watching about. It was the Expendables where my phone came out in the middle. Uh, I think my phone was probably away the entirety of this film for some reason. I don't know how, but it somehow kept my kept my attention better than the Expendables did. But yeah, uh, I've only got one more high point. So if anyone else has got any, um, trust me, mine is from near the end. So. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, I forgot to add it in. Yeah. yeah. Any more, Andy? Or are you out? <laughs> nah, kind of out. Okay, the spaceship. (laughs) Which I kind of knew this was about aliens. Uh, When I get into my low points, I'll expand on this a bit more. But the reveal of actual full-on, there's an actual good CGI special effects spaceship in this, and they're out in the boat, and then the spaceship looks amazing, and it's lifting them up at the sea and all that. The actual finale with the ship in that is amazing. Like I thought it was really, really good, and it was. I did not think the film Cocoon. I mean, think okay, it sounds immediately sounds like a horror film. It's oh, it's not. It's a film about old people. You're like, okay. And then most of it is. And at the end, it's got this full-on blockbuster finale. Like, oh, I, nice I have ending. a question now. How did his money not get all soggy when he jumped into the, the water <laughs> and then into the boat? Yeah, exactly what I was thinking. You tell this guy to get off his boat, here's a whole bunch of yeah. actual cash. Yeah, it's just going to yeah. get soaked. Yeah, that was my thinking. Another one was, they said they were going to rent his boat for 27 days. Was their plan always to take the boat up with them? Or was it because they had another... <laughs> 30 people with them he was to take the boat with him. So I feel like the, the backup plan may always have been right, you get in the dinghy, here's your money. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of questions in this film, and I'm sure I'm going to come to it at the low points. Right. We've got a lot, lot of questions. I think there's a lot of. We're, we're, we're stepping around a lot here, so we're going to low points. Can I start immediately with Art's red shorts on the low points? <laughs> <laughs> like the first thing you see is poor. Is it Don Amici? Oh, I've already forgotten what his yeah. name is. I don't know Don Amici has the shortest red shorts I've ever been put on film in the entire entirety of cinema. And that covers I'm going to add to that with the fact that he wears socks with sandals. <laughs> yeah, his entire ensemble for the first <laughs> five minutes plus of this film is unnecessary. And also for a man living in Florida who seems to walk to a pool nearly every single day, he has zero tan as well. <laughs> it's like, you live in Florida. It's like, come on, what is happening here? But yeah, that's my first my low first point. Low point. My first little point is right at the start as well with the the whole telescope CGI looking out oh, the window. It looked nice. proper bad. It did look. It looked like the. Uh, it was. It looked like slid the background in behind. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it didn't even. It wasn't even needed. They could have just had a window shot. It would have looked fine. But like one of your first pivotal scenes is this, and it's like, whoa. I'm sure it was blowing people's minds back in the 1985s, but still. You say pivotal? Was that that was the, was that the wee boy with the telescope? Yeah. Yeah. Aye. As a, the grand. The yeah, and then. But that's like it, it was pivotal, but it wasn't really. It just immediately afterwards just cut to the sky anyway. Like, I didn't have to have the weird CGI bit with the kid in it. It just could have been aliens are coming or not at all, which would be my preference. Uh, Chris, any low points? Uh, yeah, like I yeah, went was... into this thinking it was a horror film. I didn't see that it was a comedy about old guys. I was when they were in swimming with the cocoons. I thought they were going to crack one, and some <laughs> monster was going to come oh, out God. and like just get loose and attack people. <laughs> But nothing happened. Apart from <laughs> they just got a little bit zest about them. Horny. Hi. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, literally. I was in the pool Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I was in the thing about. Little bits of Viagra. I just got eked out. That's where we've got the Viagra pill from. I don't know. Yeah, and the invention of Viagra came after this. See, my, my first main low point, right, is going to be nitpick the story here. The old people basically are cunts in this film. They're the bad guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're trespassing. Like, they trespassed. They then killed a whole bunch of aliens. Well, I think mm-hmm. one actually died. Mm-hmm. But then well, the aliens old. are idiots as well because the old, their entire... Old. 
Did they all die? Yeah, well, yeah, they, they dropped a lot of them back in the water to keep oh, them. Oh, that's what they were trying to put them oh, back in the water. But yeah, so that they, they definitely killed at least one. Yeah. Uh, but then the aliens have got a stupid plan. So their entire plan is right. They have a spaceship. Okay. However, or they could have called a spaceship. So if I had landed or crash landed, whatever, as an alien, and I've got the means to call a spaceship, I'll just wait. Instead, they hire a rickety old boat to then lift their friends out with no real plan other than put it into this little unsecure swimming pool to try and bring them all back alive because they forgot they left them there for 10,000 years. It's like, what a bunch of bell-ends as well. Everybody yeah. in this film was a bad guy, except for yeah. Steve, Steve Gutenberg. On, on that note, the scene that is behind you, that is one of my low points later on, where the full-on, like, the reveal happens where everybody in the damn like, retirement home finds out there's the fountain of youth in the swimming pool. Yeah. So hundred of them whatever go to the pool and then they just start trying to crack open yeah. these things that like you've been told this water will make you young again ah okay well get these things out like no, <laughs> no clearly that is what's making you young again so not only that they start just bashing it on this like he could claim he was trying to take it out of the pool but no no he wasn't no, he was, uh, yeah he was like crack crack it. It. He's like let's have a big fry up and it's like totally unnecessary just ruin again one person ruin everyone's fun <laughs> I wouldn't get into a pool with floors in it either. Like, no. <laughs> if I've seen a big brown thing in the pool, I'm not in it. <laughs> yeah. that right there. I still uh, can't quite work out the, 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 the whole process of what the aliens were doing, like you were mentioning there. Of, yeah. That's so they, put, they take it out they, of the sea. And put it in a pool. Yeah. But then, so is the cocoons affecting the water then affecting the old people? Or do the aliens do something to their water to do yeah. something to the cocoons? I can't work out no what, idea. what way mm-hmm. it goes. Because then the cocoons, all the life force gets used up by the old people. So they have to put all the cocoons back in the water again. It's like, well, how is that water better than the pool water? And why can't you just fill the pool with that water? <laughs> like, why, why why the pool? Anybody who swam next to those um, cocoons in the ocean getting young? And yeah, well, I guess deep down. Well, maybe that's like, why the dolphins love them so much. That's why dolphins live forever. Maybe that's why the dolphins are. Maybe they're really intelligent or whatever that is because they've got alien stuff on them. Yeah. But yeah, I feel and like that's why they're alien horny dolphins in their heads. The flow chart of how the cocoons actually work, it was kind of lost on me. And then I feel like, did they break open the one where they showed the wrinkly guy in it? That was it already broken yeah, open, or did they then break into it? Yeah. Right. I think we've kind of broken into it. Guy just left it open. He was live. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to skip one of my points, but I'll come back to it later on. But if a bunch of people, regardless of the age, if we had, like, friends had done it, had broken into my swimming pool and killed my alien friend and all that and sucked the life out of them, I would not be inviting them to come live with me forever. Yeah. Oh, that was my next point. That yeah, was my next too. big bugbear. Well, yeah, what I seemed pretty cool about the whole thing. Yeah, is I would, like, invite them, kill everybody that was in the pool, apart from the three first guys, and be like, you're going to live with this guilt forever. Away you go. There'd definitely be a lot of anal probing on a daily basis. Right? <laughs> them aliens. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, we don't know what happens in Cocoon 2, uh, but... <laughs> the return of Adel, bro. <laughs> if I'm one of the, like, oh, damn. So we accidentally got every single one of their planned cocoons ruined to the point where one died and they've had to bend the whole road of them back in the water again. And then they come to me and say, ah, we have this very great thing we want to give to you. And, <laughs> No, I'm not going with you on your spaceship to wherever it is. Because like, it's not like they showed you, oh, we're taking you here to this lovely place. It's a flat one. Oh, we're going to this great. You'll love it. It's amazing. Just come with. And the that's guy all behind Andy would be the first one to get him probed, to tell you. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I, if I was him, he's 
everyone's getting the life live forever thing. He's definitely accidentally not getting it. I reckon that's the uh, he's. <laughs> He's not lasting long. He's not living forever. We've skipped by most of the film, so I'll pick out a couple of my low points yeah. and we passed. I've just got the break dancing club uh, was just one of the cringiest things I've ever reason. seen in my life. Now I was not, I was not more than a month old in 1985 uh, when this film came out. So therefore, I, I cannot attest to it being a thing. But I cannot even imagine a situation where everyone's lined up doing break dancing, whether it's like robotics or spinning on their head or. <laughs> Just flat out doing weird breakdancing moves. I like it just it looks like the worst, cringiest thing to be involved yeah. in, and I can't believe that was ever a thing. But then for it to be these old people are now so energized, they're cool and young and all that. So they do the weird stunt double breakdancing bit, where it's quite clearly not Don Amici spinning on his head or whatever it is in the club. Um just oh it's just an awful scene. But the as a redeeming feature of it had an absolutely incredible wild mullet in it this guy had black hair that was short as short can be and then all the way down halfway down his neck and he had a tash on top of it as well so <laughs> it's like a hardcore mullet did give it a bit of a, a tiger king yes exactly oh, yeah he's back tiger king yeah but i have a couple other ones uh, my else one of nothing else is right. the actual aliens they just looked awful right this, I, just kind of right. touched it before. I, I don't think you can give aliens a low point because you don't know what aliens look like. They no, could generally like, look like that. That could be, that could be a hundred percent accurate. Oh, maybe it could, but if they look like that, then they look fucking awful. It looks like a person in the suit. <laughs> but then, like they, uh, I, I agree with Andy on this one. I'm on Andy's side of the fence rather than Chris's. They were good enough to the point where they look like they could be inside a human as well. Like you have to think of the. They have to be minimalist and also small and skinny so that they could wear a human skin around about it. Uh, the eyes were weird because that's, it, it, the first time I saw the eyes, it looked like they were kind of like, um, you know, when on like comedy shows when they have a photograph of somebody and then someone's eyes and mouth are made to look like their oh, eyes. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that. But then on closer inspection, you realize, oh, no, it's actually just kind of kind of looks like that. But I thought they were OK. The floaty around the, like, I don't know, fire demon ones weren't that great. But the actual when they looked like they were just kind of white things I thought they were okay but yeah you're entitled to your opinion Chris yeah, like, yeah, the scene where uh, Steve Gutberg's been a creepy bastard racist like, <laughs> I, I was hoping for a little bit of ass and titties there just to make it a bit more oh, interesting yeah. but all we got was that glowing Definitely. thing in a fucking giant condom costume I don't know I mean he is an absolute pervert and I reckon that little yeah. hole is there for a reason like, it just happens to peek into one of the bedrooms on his boat oh, high point though is they are the really best people at hide and seek apparently they can see him through a tiny hole and a bunch of old people in a cupboard so, <laughs> well, I, my, my perspective of that was when they glow it lit up everything so therefore you could kind of see everything That was that, that's what I thought especially with them in the cupboard because when they lit the light on it you could see there was like four guys standing in the <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, him, his eyeball was a good catch. But then she was looking right at him, I guess. Uh, so I don't have a feel about this one, but this is just my experience watching the film. Bernie and Rose. Uh, so that's the guy who complains the entire time, and his wife who sadly passes away. They're they're in the film, but there's an old couple, and like they're the ones are oh, apprehensive and all that. And then randomly in like the the dinner hall scene. He's just feeding her food. Like, she'd been, like, an old person up to that point. Now, Chris mentioned she had dementia. Well, uh, I think that's what it is. She seems she could remember 
his name and other things, but she kept forgetting other people. Yeah, but I, I never fully, it's never full on like she is a real issue here. So it's like all of a sudden I'm like, and obviously that scene ends up with him fighting the other guy. Um, but yeah, it's like, what? She's just, she's just sitting just like that. And every so often he's feeding her food. And I was like, what is going on here? It really weirded me out. And then all of a sudden she's dying in the next scene and she's gone. And I'm like, oh my God, well, that storyline kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> Like I, well, I didn't know she was unwell. She's like she was just one of the rest of the old people. So that one was really. And then the rest of my low points goes like this: How is there still forty minutes of this film to go? That's <laughs> 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 at the point where oh they mess up all the cocoons. Oh my god, what a disaster of that! And then I'll put them back in the ocean, and then they invite the old people. No, that's not that point. That's when they mess up the cocoons and all that. So it's still forty yeah. minutes of the film to go. Then all right, we'll undo all that. And then, ah, we'll invite them to come on our ship. And I'm like, and then they start saying their farewells and all that. It's like, and my next note, how is this still 25 minutes of this film to go? <laughs> and it's like, at this point, it's a whole, that whole, a whole film has happened. Uh, yet there's still half an hour of the running time to go. And I'm like, what? And of course, it's the massive spaceship set piece thing that I was not expecting to come. So I was happy that it came. But yeah, I feel like the entire storyline was wrapped up. <laughs> Um, right. I was just expecting that beam of light just to suck them. I wasn't expecting the spaceship. But I'll give, yeah, yeah, I'll give exactly, them props yeah. for that. I thought it might be like they would just drive off into the fog and then they weren't there anymore. I thought it might be oh, something yeah. like that. I wasn't expecting full on this. And my last low point, I still can't work out what the Coast Guard's issue was with 30 pensioners on a boat. <laughs> like, uh, they're not meant to be on the boat. <laughs> but, but they were allowed to go dance. The guys were like, oh yeah, they'll be out dancing. That's fine. Wait, they're all on a boat together. Oh my God, call the Coast Guard. Like, what, what is the issue? Yeah. <laughs> like, I knew uh, there was like a suicide pact or they were going to go hump a dolphin or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the issue was that all the people who were in the hospital and supposed to be in the hospital beds had gone might have been the problem. But I still feel like they called an awful lot of like, I don't know, special services, was it emergency services that's what we're looking for, to come and stop these people just being on a boat. They weren't being disruptive until the police started chasing them. We get arrested for kidnapping and stuff. Yeah, where, 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 there's all the people. I don't know. I fell off the boat. Yeah, they have a mass funeral for them. Oh, there was a horrible crash and they've all gone. Like, was was the official story at the funeral? So Steve Gutenberg, like you see, he wasn't there. <laughs> is, is he locked up for like find 30 like, seconds? Find out. Yeah. Yeah. My, my last low point is uh, sorry, Bruce didn't pick up. Annoying little kid. <laughs> like, I thought it was alright. He's such a dick. No, he's <laughs> such a dick. So I did find funny though is when they were playing that uh, shuttleboard web. It's it like the kid's always here. Does he not have a family? I <laughs> think <laughs> <laughs> like that was yeah. that uh, Moni Bernie guy. I mean, like it is weird for like if not only your grandparents to be like your best friends, but like all of their friends to be your best friend. That's kind of weird when you were 10. I think or... it's just him because in the never ending story his best friend was a book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's bad. Okay, it must have been an 80s thing. <laughs> yeah, lonely kids. lonely kids. Uh, okay, we'll leave low points there. I feel like we could pick holes in it forever if we keep going. I have no idea how long we've been recording for either. Right, stats, point four. Six shits there were. Quite a lot. Uh, every so often. I think it was spread out as well. It wasn't all Steve Gutenberg really had a load of them. No F-bombs, no explosions that I can necessarily remember. I don't know if there was the spaceship wasn't really exploding either. Is a cannonball so. an explosion? Uh, <laughs> I guess not. I don't know. It's tough. Uh, but explosions low on. Deaths, I've got three written down, uh, which I didn't amend. I realised that earlier on I said everyone died. But didn't. So it's the one alien that died it was Rose who died, and then there was a person who seemed to be in a serious kind of condition right. when they first showed the hospital. I'm pretty sure they were they were gone at that point yeah. as well. So that was been the implication. So probably three deaths, which is 
quite unusual when considering that it was a story about I don't know, like old people. Um, quotas, dead animal? No, I don't think so. I'm not counting the alien as an animal, so no dead animals. No cows, no goats. Uh, peeing. Someone definitely went in the pool oh, at some point. Yeah. 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 It's normally Andy kind of stuff to cover, but yeah, I think. <laughs> um, no devils, no KKK. Uh, although there weren't many black people in this retirement community, there's one guy. But um, but pedophiles. There was a couple of strange uh, sets here and there. It was a little bit creepy, I thought. Oh, yeah, definitely. there was some strangeness going on there. Right. But I think I think they would claim it was the 80s and they were just having a bit of a joke rather than actually. Uh, Anything going on? I counted a couple of extra bonus ones. I counted 13 cocoons, despite what other numbers everybody else was saying. At one point, main man Brian Dennehy said that he would come back for 11 members of the team that he'd left behind. Well, there was 100% 13 cocoons at one at one. <laughs> so I don't know who the other extra people were. Um, yeah, that was the where they cracked open uh, the to look at the one. Just as that was happening, you could see 13 on screen. Uh, and I counted how many members of the Howard family were in the film. Ron directed and then four people acted in it. So there were five members of the Howard family in, in this film one way or another, if you count the director. Uh, all over the place. And then did they say the thing? Did they say Cocoon? Oh, yeah. Was yes. It, not as often as I thought, but yeah, single figure or some amount of times, at least oh. three or four. But it wasn't dozens and dozens and dozens. Well, uh, every time you spoke to the guy, you know, don't touch a cocoon. Get let drop the cocoon. And other stuff, there's cocoons. I thought he said it loads of times. Uh, you can go back and count, but trust me, I didn't go yeah. not get over yeah, five. Yeah, you do that. Report back next week. Yeah. I don't want to count it. I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> uh, any other stats, Chris? Uh, no, I was going to count cocoons, but then at one point it looked like there was loads and I couldn't board. Then I was going to count dolphins, but then the little cheeky fuckers kept coming in and out of screen, so I was like, I can't board in that either. So I think. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they went into the pool house. Uh, like five or six times. That's a good, yeah, there was, yeah, there was a lot of times it went in the pool house, and not once did they get locks on it. Uh, most, uh, pornographic yeah. scene, <laughs> most pornographic scene, Andy? Well, we had a close call with a genuine almost pornographic scene, but they kind of faked out. Uh, I was kind of struggling again because old people food looked awful. There wasn't really <laughs> much there. Uh, however, indoor swimming pool. Yeah, it did look good. That was it. Except yeah. from having the jobbies in it, but still, yeah. I'd love an indoor swimming pool. <laughs> Yes, pre-turds. It, it looked very good. I'll give you that. Uh, I think that's us for stats. On a point five, the oh, ten-point podcast quiz, which is going to be a catastrophe. <laughs> uh, it's just. Oh, did, no. did you notice or listen close enough? Unfortunately, so this nope. could be this could be nil-nil. We'll find out. Who anyone want to go first or second? I go. I'll go first. first. Andy's turn. Uh, and. Andy said he'd go first louder, so I'll go with him first. So, Andy, first question for you. <clears throat> Some of these are a bit convoluted, by the way, so bear with me. <laughs> An individual item of shopping was handed oh, to Bernie or Rose from the boot of the car. Can you name either thing that they were given? So each one of Bernie and Rose was, had one specific item they needed that had fallen out of their bag into the boot of the car. Bread. Uh, neither of the answers are bread. Uh, Bernie needed oh, his... Give him one more go. Oh, never mind. Because there was two things. I, I would have given them Bernie needed his X-lax, which I believe was laxatives. Uh, and then uh, Rose needed her Fruit Loops. Yeah, so Fruit Loops. They, they, they were the important items. Chris, what, what embarrassing, quote, embarrassing item did Steve Gutenberg's previous, previous customer leave on his boat? Oh, a beach towel. Yeah, it was just like a, a beach towel. I was like, oh, here, take this with you. That embarrass. He shouted about how embarrassing it was. I was like, it's a beach towel. Well, well, I know, that's what I thought. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, no, it's just like a pink and yellow thing. I don't know, I don't know what his problem was. But anyway, yeah, that was, that was the correct answer for Chris. Andy, how long did the aliens want to rent the boat for? 27. It was 27. It was the house for 26, but the boat for 27. Good answer, Dave, obviously. Um, Chris, what two days of the week is dancing at the climate-controlled ballroom? Uh, Any two days. Uh, oh, you missed both by one. It's a Wednesday and a Saturday you can get dancing. The climate-controlled ballroom. Uh, Andy, what race are the aliens? They have a name. What alien are they? Uh, it begins with an A. It does. Uh, aristocrats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was. Did you catch it, Chris? I'm not giving you a point. Uh, Antarian. Antarians is correct, yes. Uh, I'm assuming uh, Atlantis as well, so Antarians was the name. Uh, Chris, to take a lead. The Antarians built their outpost in Atlantis. Chris, that question first. <laughs> <laughs> but where were they advised to build it? Oh, uh, crap, what one? Uh, uh, South Pole. Oh, it was the North Pole. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but our main man, Walter, decided it was too cold, so he wanted to go to Atlantis instead, and it sunk. So we're tied 1-1 with one question each to go, and I don't have a tiebreaker, so get these right, one of Hey, Andy, how long were the cocoons in the ocean? 10,000 years. 10,000 years is correct. And Chris, you need us to tie the game. What was the name of Steve Gutenberg's boat? Uh, Marta? <laughs> R3. That is so close. Uh, I had Manta 3 written down oh, as the name. Okay, Manta 3, that's a yeah. Right, okay, Manta 3. Whoa, oh, that's a defeat. Uh, Andy, Andy wins the quiz, 2-1. to one. Uh, cocoon champion. I said South Pole because I didn't want to say North Pole because that's where Saturn's from. It's <laughs> <laughs> not from the North Pole, that's just where he lives. Lapland. Uh, anyway, yeah, so Andy, you got two two out of four right in your quiz quiz there. Hey boy. On a point six, movies within movies. Uh, not the easiest one for me. Uh, references that I picked up in the film slash found on the internet. Uh, the film South Pacific, as in the song that Art sings, is from South Pacific. Well, uh, <laughs> it wasn't that one, no. Uh, Laurel Hardy were shown. I'm not sure which film it was, but yeah, a Laurel Hardy film was shown. And Steve Gutenberg quotes Star Wars at the end when he says, Me the Force yeah, yeah. with you. Uh, and that's it. That's all I had in terms of movies and movies. I guess maybe Close Encounters of the Third Kind is kind of similar to The Ship, maybe, but yeah, difficult. Uh, and a Never Not Good, the hardest I've ever found, Never Not Good. I can't think of anything that was Never Not Good, but I've gone for old Wilford Brimley. Uh, I thought he's amazing. As the, the grumpy, mustachioed old man, as he plays in every single film he ever is, uh, is in. Apparently, he was 11 years older than the actress that was playing his daughter uh, in the film. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, he is going to make an appearance again soon. Uh, good. I'm good. Because uh, he's, he's always enjoyable. But yeah, so he, the oldified him, he's actually looked and was a lot younger than he played in the film. Uh, Chris, movies and movies. Right. I went through a lot of a lot of actors in this. And if you found somebody, then you're more patient than I am because I didn't find <laughs> anybody. I've got one. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> there was one. Uh, the clue is going to be very much in the name here. The actor Rance Howard was in this film. Uh, Ron I, Howard didn't actually look at. <laughs> Ron Howard's father uh, was in the film. He played the detective, as in the guy was shouting on the boat, like, yeah. you're old people, get off the boat. I don't know where his problem was. He was in The Burbs, where he oh played... Oh my God, is that one film? Again? 
he played detective number two. <laughs> so actually, detective. Uh, I swear, like IMDb <laughs> has deleted the barbs from the history of something. I uh, it never pops up. Brilliant. Yeah, he was the one, and I checked. I checked a lot of people in this film. Uh, a lot of people are kind of one and done in this film as well. I, I uh, scrolled through it and looked at him. He's called think, uh, what? Rance Howard. Rance Howard. Yeah. I, looked at it, I was like. Yeah, fuck it, he wasn't that important. Let's scroll past him. <laughs> but but yeah. It's that one film that just never pops up for me. Oh, blank uh, spot. Uh, Chris, okay, better luck with this so, one then. Recasting us. Did you well, recast us into the film? I put Andy as Ben, like the one with the moustache. Yep. He speaks his mind, and that'll be Andy at that age. Grumpy as well. Yes. <laughs> uh, I put you as Art, the big tall one. Um, you're the voice of reason. Like He is, he's quite calm and thing of him. And I was going to make myself the little guy, but I changed my mind and put myself as Bernie because I hate dancing. And that one scene with him and his wife at the dance is literally me and Nicola at any party. It's just like, oh, I love dancing. Yeah, it won't be with me. Well, see, <laughs> I'm a very similar line of thinking to you. I wasn't going to go into things. I thought I, I struggled. So I went for the three main old guys, Phil, and Andy's Ben. Full stop. I made myself Joe. Because he was the one that was left. <laughs> because I mean, you are. Because this gimmick, even going, I think with just me and Andy, maybe the podcast listeners, of you love to have a dance to the Blood Rave. Uh, and it's like anytime <laughs> anyone likes dancing, this, this yeah. image of implanted in my mind of way back on like episode one of the podcast <laughs> where you, you love putting the Blood Rave off and having a Blood Rave on and having a dance. It's just I, I, I don't dance, I just sit there and like headbang to oh, watch it. Enjoy it. <laughs> That's yeah. it. The leg goes tapping or like I'll click my fingers or something, but I won't get up and dance. So if you hate dancing, then you, yeah, you're probably better real one. But yeah, I, like for me to have this image of you as the opposite of what you are, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, Andy, have you got any uh, recasting ideas? All right, this one is this one's pretty easy. You take the cocoons out and you put the eggs in from Alien. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a better film. Yeah, definitely. What a film that would be. <laughs> Is there any crossover? I feel like there must be somebody. Oh, oh. yeah, there's uh, Alien versus Predator Requiem, but there's predators and uh, aliens on Earth. I think it means human, like... like I mean, yeah, is, there, is anyone in it? I, oh. I feel like there could be an actor who's in both, but I don't think there is. Here's a question for you. If a facehugger wasn't a really old person, does the xenomorph become an old xenomorph straight away? Yeah, it's a bit like a shorter lifespan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe it's got, maybe that's why the ridges in their heads are not different. Smoother ones are younger. Maybe. So there you go. I, I, I want to see old dinomorphs <laughs> in Florida. I mean, there's plenty of alien <laughs> movies. I don't, I don't know if we need to try any more experimentation with the aliens. I think we've already run that dry. Uh, on a point seven, Andy's trigger warning. Andy, uh, do you have anything that anyone needs to be either warned about or abused for this week? <laughs> Old folks are cunts. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you remember, like, when you were young, you were told, oh, treat your elders, you know, the blah, blah, blah. Like, in recent times, not so much now, because most of them, I think, have died off. <laughs> However, like, when you go into a shop, you hold the door open for them. That's what you used to do. They're now, like, really aggressive. It's like, you can't oh, hold yeah. the door open for anybody now. And it's like, they just get angry. And they used to always say, oh, yeah, you know, we did the war for you. It's like, fuck you. You caused all that shit. I've had that before. Just, like, I've held the door for you. And it's like, do you not think I can hold the door myself? And I was like, yeah, fucking do it they, yourself. They, they turned. Old folks yeah. are dicks. And then, like, with COVID, they don't give a shit. As soon as they got their first fucking jab and allowed back out of the house, fuck me, they were partying. <laughs> like, look at me, I don't, I've don't. i been double jabbed, I don't need a mask. It's like, fuck you, you prick. You're causing this bullshit. Now you're dying again. 
old folks. Do you know what's really hard for them to stop doing? Is giving kids sweets. You can't teach oh. a kid stranger danger now. Because <laughs> I know. more than once, just walking the kids to school, I've had an old person going, oh, here you go, there's a little sweet for you. And I'm like, no. You do not take it. <laughs> So. Just get like a water bottle and spray them. No, bats. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely, I feel like old people have, like, they're young people and then they become normal people and grown ups and then they look after kids and all that. Then it's like a tipping point where just an old person just becomes an absolute miserable bastard to deal with. <laughs> yeah. As everyone has that, I don't know, it's like the last 10 years of your life or whatever. There seems to be this point where you like, just, you'd stop caring about everything. <laughs> But bear in mind, right, we're talking like people are listening to this in the future are probably going to be a fuck me, he's hitting the nail on the head now. However, currently <laughs> in this time, like we've still got people like, okay, I get it, they've been through a world war and stuff like that when they were young and blah, blah, blah. So they've got a right to be grumpy. Like like the same way as we've got a right to be grumpy because our generation have lost two years of our lives in a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. However, if you think about the younger people now, the ones that are like, the younger ones that are out there protesting, the other, like the slightly older bellings that are gluing themselves to a road, what are they going to be like when they're old? Fuck me. Yeah. It's going to be like a world of fucking proper cunts. So we're screwed. And you won't be able to do anything without it causing somebody offence. I know. Uh, so yeah, old people with that kind of policy, oh, it's going to be carnage. On the subject Although, of old fear, that's when you want the old people is when you get the other people that are like that who are chaining themselves to everything. You get the, the people who just don't give a fuck and be like, yeah. die, just do it. I don't care. Die. <laughs> uh, speaking of the old people, uh, it's something I, I, I read a theory, a br- very brief theory, it was like a two sentence theory, uh, about this film that you can actually watch it in a different version, and it sets like a different way and give it a different tone. And the theory being that the orderlies at the old people's home are actually mistreating all the old people, and oh, that's that. that's why they want to escape. And the whole thing is about them kind of getting away and all that, and that's when they try and chase after. Uh, I don't know where to put it on the podcast, and I thought if Andy struggles with the trigger warning, I thought he might, but he, he, he was a good one. I thought I'd slip it in here. <laughs> I always got a trigger. But yeah, I just like, exactly. I just thought it was a weird thing to read that someone looked into this film and thought, hmm, I'm getting a, I'm getting a tone. Molested by the order race. Yeah, I feel like I've got a tone here that these people aren't happy in that retirement home and all that. And I thought, oh, I'll bring it up on here. But I could see how it would be that. Yeah. And no exactly... it's fitting now in this world because, like, Old folks' homes are fucked because there's nobody yeah. working in them anymore. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah and so a that's... silver lining to that, uh, the old, uh, not old folks, the older ladies. Apparently, Joe, because he's got, he's lost an eye or he's lost vision in one of his eyes. When he was fighting, he actually punched one of the orderlies because he's got no depth perception. <laughs> I have actually got that. I've got that mentioned coming up quite shortly, actually, Chris. So oh, right. I'm, glad, I'm glad you mentioned it here. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was a Golden Glove boxer in the past or something. Like that. Is that what it was? Yeah, he lost sight in an eye. Uh, on at point eight, the nominations, and I'll just continue going with that because I was nominating Joe versus the orderlies as best fight, <laughs> uh, which I enjoyed anyway. But then when I found that he actually did deck, I'm assuming it's not Clint Howard that he decked. It was the other one that he decked. Oh, I can just pushed him. Uh, so yeah, that's my best fight. Uh, we normally do most unexpected, but I did most expected, as in Clint Howard had to be in this film because it's a Ron Howard film, and every Ron Howard film ever, he sticks his brother in for one scene, so I knew he was going to show up. Worst special effects? I couldn't quite nail it down to one. I've got a lot written next to it. It might be... It could be the bit at the beginning that Andy mentioned with the, the moon and that. Um, there's a bit where the fog was rolling in, where it looked like it was being like live animated as it was coming forwards. It just looked really weird. Or... Um, the the when when I don't know the, the, the Kitty when she 
summons like her spirit and it bounces around inside the pool house <laughs> and then goes into Steve Gutenberg. It was just really I didn't actually know what was happening because I knew it wasn't her. It was just a really strange scene. Sex. So they're all that was apparently that was that was uh, alien sex. Uh, they're all nominated for that. Uh, most underused though, I'm sure Andy would have mentioned this. Steve Gutenberg has to be the most Aye. underused. That Not my, that I'm a. That I don't know. I think he's kind of used. All right. Ah. He's like he just played Police Academy. Yeah, and he took a massive pick up to be in the film. And it's like it could have been anybody. They didn't have to be. Yeah. A famous actor. He's, he's barely yeah, in it. Racist. <laughs> yeah, probably should have been. Uh, so yeah, he's definitely most underused. Best special effects is definitely the spaceship at the end. I thought it was really good, especially for 1985. Uh, worst costume, we've already mentioned it, Art's outfits with his red shorts and his sandals and socks. Best supporting actor, we're not actually mentioned too much, Brian Dennehy as Walter. I see, I'm nominating nominate him as best actor. Oh, yeah, okay. A good acting would nominate him. He played I am boss alien, but I am in a skin I'm not particularly used to, and I know what's going on at all times. And he played everything pretty much spot on, having to cater all this in. And then Obviously, he has to cry without realising he knew how to cry. It was also a good bit of acting, in my opinion, too. So I'm nominating him. And um, my final one, which is the only one of our major awards I've nominated, Worst Plan. <laughs> Leaving the pool house unlocked the entire time and not building a fence to stop people getting in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, uh, the alien's plan was not good. Uh, any other nominations for the pointy? Boner song. <laughs> the boner song. <laughs> right, OK. <laughs> That's all. There we go. Sorry. <laughs> that That's all I've got. That's all I've got. <laughs> uh, my, I've got my worst costume as an alien's costume, but in case Pierre vetoed that. Yeah, the aliens were all right. I won't count that. Uh, my Michael Penny award is Brian Dennehy explaining who they are and what they're doing. Not bad. Uh, my best set was the pool house. Um, or did the best effect. My best death, which I'm really sorry, Rosie, but the alien death gets it because it got me like, it was it broke my heart I was like the, as soon as it opened up and you see this little thing dying I was like oh my god got me right in the feels but yeah that was me so, yeah, not many, not much of the way nominees no uh, you've, well, I did have more but you've got the Oscars no exactly I did feel like the actual acting in the film throughout was pretty good I thought everyone was pretty good at what they were yeah. doing but I think in, in all fairness outside of maybe the kid I think Gutenberg might actually be the weakest actor in it but um, got a worse plan. It just popped up in my head. Uh, what's it called? Joe. As soon as he gets the least of life, he goes out and starts pumping anything that moves. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best plan, isn't it? Well, yeah. Well, his mind, <laughs> it? Oh, it did, and it didn't. Like they both yeah. got to live. I mean, he is now stuck with her forever. That's his, that, that <laughs> might be the worst plan. Like, oh, I know. Why did you do that? You wait, as soon as you get young, you start shagging anything. You got to deal with this forever. <laughs> yeah, that might be the worst plan on on reflection. Right on to point nine. The moral of the story. What was the lesson to be learned from the film was? All right, on you go, Chris. What's your moral of the story? I'm sure, I just got to say one. Like a swimming pool should be mandatory in all houses. <laughs> like council houses, one. mansions, and all that. They should come with swimming pool. Hey, what about you? Mine's dolphins or dicks. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've gone the opposite because I thought my moral story has to be the thing I'll take away from this film most is I'll anytime I see a dolphin now I've got to think it's an alien or at least helping an alien so I've got dolphins are aliens is what I've got as the moral of the story same thing yeah, they can be both dick, they dick will aliens. the shit out of you <laughs> seemingly yeah <laughs> uh, okay on to point 10 the 10 point rating where we rate the movie out of 10 uh, I've got Chris is going first so I have no idea the reason why but you're 
years before the B. So on you go, Chris. Public theory, obviously, didn't really enjoy it that much. I'm not going to lie. It ran like 30 minutes longer than it should have done. Um, the alien costumes I found ridiculous. And like the only time I actually gave a shit was when people or things died. <laughs> and like, like I watch things. I've, I've explained for like I watch things like once with no distraction, nothing. But I thought I got ten minutes in before the phone came out, and I started finding about. And that's then, your problem is if you watched this, you'd have enjoyed it. I did, like, well, I normally do it. I was watching it, and I was like, oh, "Fucking hell, this is shit." I got on the phone, and then I was like, "Oh shit, somebody's dying." And I watched it for like five minutes, and I was like, oh. and "I think I missed half the apart from the spaceship that drew, drew my eye in." But, right, so you um, need to double your score because you've only seen half film then. <laughs> All right, you can double it from one to two then. <laughs> are you, are you yeah, going to get a one, Chris? Oh, you're going to get a two. Right? I'll give it a two, yeah. Um, I can't argue too much with Chris. I feel like the first the first half hour of the film got me. Like, I was interested. Okay, I know, right, okay. I mean, And then, but it felt like it was about an hour. And I, that's when I first looked at the runtime, was it? I'm not halfway through this. It's probably like 28 minutes. Oh my god, <laughs> how is that only half an hour? I was like, okay, there must be a lot to come here. And then the next hour wraps up the film, or like 45 minutes wraps up. And then there's just so much extra bits. Like there's a chunk, chunks of the film about characters that aren't important. Like the whole Joe thing doesn't really needed that. Like I feel like there's too many characters that get too much time. Um, the spaceship at the end pretty much gave it a point for me as well. So I've somehow given it a three i'm not sure if that's been overly kind but i did pay attention to tie time through unlike chris which does it's a sign that it's not terrible but now actually i can sit and watch it fully so yeah three from me and a two from chris andy what are you giving what you said three three as well but it's it's got a story there but yeah too long that means officially from the template podcast it gets a three uh since it's two threes and a one it would have been uh a two if chris had with his one Um, i'll give it a two there we go. So a three, a three sounds fair, I think. I don't know, I don't know how, but it's below average even for us. Uh, that was the final random wheel pick of the season. Andy's guest, Andy said he feels like he knows what the theme is. So Andy, what's your best yeah. guest? It's, what, it's family. That's, that's what I've got. Family. Well. Yeah, Honey, I yeah, Fuck the Kids. Family. Uh, Honey, yeah. I Fuck the Kids speaks for itself. Ready or Not is about the family accepting someone in for the marriage. Yeah. Forrest Gump is all yeah. about him and his mum and the relationship to the mother. Amityville Horror, the family moves into the into yeah. the spooky house, and then Cocoon's all about like the, the kids and the the all that's, the, the old people and their kids and that. I did have old people with my other guess, uh, which is a bit harsh on uh, Rick Moranis. Yeah. old people, but uh, other than that, <laughs> yeah, family I think is my best guess as well. That's all themes picked this season. We've managed to do it again. Nailed them all, and that means it's on to the final Chris's monsters selection of the season, I believe. If you're sticking well, with the theme. Yeah, it was. It should be fairly obvious because I pretty much called my theme the mostly coming night, mostly. So my pick is Aliens. This is finishing with Aliens after he oh. picked Alien last season, didn't you? So there we go. A film we all will know. It's been it's been on the to do list probably longer than any film ever. I think this one. So yep. I can't. Not much more to say to wrap up than that. You all have seven days to watch Aliens. I'm sure you've got it somewhere. It's a it's a famous one, and we'll catch you next week on the Ten Point Podcast. Thank you.